This is the Todd and Friends Podcast. I don't like to waffle on predictions. That doesn't mean I always hope I'm right. Oh, what's he going to do? Oh, come on. I'm with you. So, thank uh, you. Yeah, I'm with you. Todd, I knew we'd agree on something here. From the KWLM Sports Studio. With thanks to Heritage Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Here's Todd Bergaff. Hey, thanks for joining us for the podcast once again today. Joining us via the telephone from the Twin Cities area, the voice of the Golden Gophers, Mike Grammy, joins us on these Thursdays. And uh, Grimmer, well, off to a 2 0 start. Eastern Michigan was a representative ball club, but the Gopher defense just too much for them, and they got enough out of the offense to make things work, especially in the ground game where Darius Taylor looks like he wants to etch his name in a long line of outstanding Gopher running backs. Yeah, it was fun to watch him, uh, you know, kind of have his first breakout kind of game. He only had one carry in, in that week one game against Nebraska and ended up with 33 this past Saturday. It was a a combination of things. Uh, Sean Tyler, the uh, the starter, put the ball on the deck a couple of times and mm-hmm. lost a fumble. And I think the Gophers felt the only way they were going to, you know, lose that game. The coaching staff felt is if um, they give the ball back or turn it over. And so they put the freshman in and trusted him. And um, you know, I joked about it this week a little bit. The um, the freshman, true freshman. Now the the freshman record for rushing yards in a game is Muhammad Ibrahim. He did it against Georgia Tech in that bowl game at Ford Field. Um, the quick lane bowl, he had 224, I think. Um, but he was a redshirt freshman. So in terms of a true freshman, and sometimes people don't always understand the difference. I occasionally will get a, a tweet or somebody will say, why do you, why do you always say redshirt freshman? I'm like, well, they're, they're, it's a difference. It's a, it tells you, you know, kind of gives you a, a case of how old the guy is. True freshman means the kid's just on campus. It's, yeah. it, you know, and a redshirt means you sit a year out, uh, you get accustomed. So this means this is this kid's second game ever. Ever, ever, not just you know that he played and sat. Mo, Mo, and Morgan, and some of those guys, uh, you know, did not play any of their first year. They just watched and learned, and and there's some you know benefit to that. So anyway, the the true freshman record is 205 yards. Daryl Thompson, uh, who uh, this week I referred to as the original DT, got that. <laughs> sure, yeah. And the the second most uh, is Darius Taylor, the the new DT. Um, he got 193, so he was the sec- that's the second most yards ever by a true freshman. So, yeah. pretty cool. And and you mentioned it. Um, I agree. You know the uh, the defense they gave up four yards in the second half yeah. total, and and no first downs. I mean, that's a that's remarkable. And while I, I do tip my cap to the defense, um, the offense had a lot to do with that. Their first drive of the third quarter was eight minutes, so the defense, you know, was not on the field much to give up first downs and. They kept getting threes and out, uh, three and outs, and um, it was a pretty dominating effort. I mean, twenty-five to nine or twenty-five to six, I thought was frankly a little deceiving because the, the Gophers messed up in the red zone a couple of times. Yeah, and, uh, for I mean, they had field goals of nineteen, twenty, and twenty-four yards. I mean, the shortest field goal you can get is eighteen. Yeah, right. If you yeah. had the one-yard line, basically, and they had a nineteen, a twenty, and a twenty-four yarder. So, I mean, that you know, they're a couple yards away. You know, ten yards of offense away from that game being like, you know, forty to six or something. Yeah. So I, I felt, you know, it was it's interesting, and you know, I always, you know, my opinion, I do. Hey, a win's a win. Take it. Nothing yep. to apologize for. But I was, I was a little surprised at how 
ho-hum the reaction was on that win because Eastern Michigan was not a slouch. That's a team, no. as we mentioned last week. That's a, you, you mentioned it, a representative team. Yeah. They beat Arizona State last year. I mean, they came in with full intent on winning that game. They were confident, and Minnesota just shut it down. Like, I never felt like that game was in doubt. And to me, there's something to be said for that. And that's kind of that prototypical, like when the Gophers do have a nice game, that, that that was kind of the prototypical style. Go out, run the ball, get a lead, and then just suffocate the opponent away. And and then fans are leaving kind of like, well, that was kind of boring. You know? <laughs> and that, that that's how that's how they've won games. So I, I came away, you know, impressed with that. Now they got to, obviously, the, the classic competition steps up and, uh, there's no doubt they're going to have to run and throw. And that's kind of the story of the first two weeks, right? They were able to throw but not run in week one. And uh, I don't. I think they probably could have thrown in week two as well, but uh, the running game was working so well um, they didn't have to. So they're going to they're gonna have to certainly, you know, do that this weekend, I think. Are you sure P.J. didn't look at the box score the next day and go, we threw the ball how many times? What was I thinking? Yeah. And then he yeah, goes, now hold on a minute. Let's get back to go for football, which is ground and pound a little more. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm being facetious, but but well, it was kind of out of character, yeah. yeah. I think there's a little bit of truth to that. We we talked about that a little on the coach's show because he had mentioned, even in the post-game interview, that um, part of the red zone issue was that he just was going to be stubborn about establishing the run. And look, they did. They established the run. They hit up with over 400 yards of offense. I think, what, three-something running. I can't remember now. Uh, even Sean Tyler, who we mentioned, put the ball on the ground a couple times. I think he had like what ninety plus yards rushing, yep. along with the uh, with Taylor at one ninety three. But um, Fleck commented on that, and I, I somewhat tongue in cheek, as you just mentioned, asked him. I, you know, I said, "How much did the, you know?" I mean, obviously, you love winning at Nebraska, but I said, "How much did you get kind of that pit in your stomach because it just." You just didn't run the ball very well. And he said, yep, yeah. <laughs> yep, uh, th- there was a little of that to it. And he just felt it was important that they established the rushing attack. So I actually uh, don't think you're that far off from your thinking. <laughs> Maybe not straight out like, how could we throw 44 times, <laughs> right, but right. more like more like I think he wanted to build confidence in that team. I think he's thinking, look, with North Carolina, Michigan, Ohio State, Iowa, those teams on the schedule – um, he's probably not going to beat those teams if you go one dimensional and have to throw it 50 times. So we got to build some confidence in these guys. And once it started to roll a little bit on the ground, um, I think he was insistent on just keep doing that so that yeah. they're, you know, they're confident. So we'll see. We'll see how that uh, strategy impacts this week. And we'll see what the strategy is this week. You know, um, the, over the years when this team has been good, um, they have been able to do. Uh, you know, PJ's talked about this a million times, but in 2019, that's the year everyone, you know, that's the bell cow year that everyone looks at. Yep. That team was able to do what it, it they, they were, they were balanced. And PJ always talked about his definition of balance doesn't mean, hey, we're going to run the ball 50 times, throw the ball 50 times, you know, have 150 yards rushing and 150 yards passing all in the same game just so it's even. His idea of balance is when we need to run to win, we can, and we need to throw to win, we can. When we need to run the ball to get a first down, we'll do it. When we need to throw the ball to get a first down, we'll do it. And that 2019 team was really good at that. I can, mm-hmm. you know, I can still recall the specifics. They, uh, I remember Tanner Morgan was Big Ten Player of the Week. They went out to Purdue, uh, first Big Ten game, and they had basically been what they, you know, what they were the other night, where they just ran the ball. And Purdue was like, "All right, we're gonna we're gonna make Tanner Morgan beat us." And he went like 22 for 23 for 390 yards and four touchdowns and. 
uh, Minnesota handed Purdue its lunch out there that day. And the next week, a not very good Illinois team at that time, Lovey Smith was coaching. They came in, they watched the game film of that game, and they played nickel most of the day, meaning they took a linebacker out and played an extra defensive back. And the Gophers basically handed the ball to Rodney Smith and, and um, Shannon Brooks and Muhammad Ibrahim all day. And I think two different guys got 100 yards and so on. And um, and I'm like, that's how that's how good teams do it. Last week they threw for 390. This week they rushed for like 305. Mm-hmm. And they blew out both teams. And so uh, is that going to be the case this year? I think it's too early to tell. That will be the goal, though, is to be a team that, okay, North Carolina is going to shut down the run. All right, Mr. Kelly McManus, go out and, uh, you know, throw the football around the field and see what happens, or vice versa, or a combo of both. The DNA of Gopher football, even prior to P.J. Fleck arriving, has been the ground game. I mean, after all, we play in the northern climbs here. You better be able to run the football when it's 15 degrees on game day and there's a 30-mile-an-hour wind. Uh, But the Kaliak Manis offers something different, doesn't he? I mean, he has just a a lightning arm. If he can start to develop some of that, they could get to that that sweet spot you're talking about where they can exploit defenses either through the air or on the ground. But there's some work yet for Kaliak Manis to do to get there. Yeah, he he has uh, honestly not probably gotten off to the start I thought he would. Some of it is circumstantial and everything else. But you're right. In terms of potential, we see flashes of it. Um, he's really a confident kid, so I, I think he's ready. And this could be the week, Todd, honestly, because mm-hmm. this, um, this North Carolina defense is good, but they, in both of their games, gave up a lot of passing yards. Now, some of the first uh, game against South Carolina was a function of that South Carolina was behind and throwing the football a lot. But last week against Appalachian State, um, that that wasn't a function of anything other than that both teams were just moving the ball up and down the field. Like that was what I forget now off the top of my head. It was 40, 42 to 36 or something in double overtime. And so there were a lot of yards in that game. So the go for offense um, and a lot of passing yards, I might add, in that game. Um, so you're right, the Gopher offense may have to say, all right, Ethan, go uh, go win the game. And I agree with you in terms of a skill set. He, he is probably better equipped to really be a, you know, a, a benchmark quarterback than any guy that the Gophers have had in a while now. Yeah. Um, and on the flip side, the Gopher defense will certainly be challenged because this team for North Carolina is averaging, I think, 400 and about 400, just under 440 yards of offense a game. Um, they've got a quarterback who a lot of people think will be one of the top handful of picks, not just quarterbacks pick, but the handful of picks, like a top 10 kind of a pick. And in, in even, in fact, uh, here in Minnesota, some of the real uh, diehard Vikings reporters that follow it closely have mentioned to me that they're going to watch this game because they think, depending on what happens to the Vikings and Cousins this season, that this Drake May for North Carolina is certainly going to be on the radar of the Vikings as a potential you know, quarterback of the future, if they, one, you know, fall on hard times this year and get a high pick where they could get him, um, or two, uh, they would trade up and get him if Cousins uh, and the Vikings end up deciding that it's best that they, you know, at the end of this year uh, don't hang out. So this kid that the Gopher defense is going to face is really good. He can run. He can throw. He's got a good arm. Um, he, he's had fairly pedestrian numbers each week, but they've run the ball so well. So it, it's going to be a real test for Minnesota. Um, they had a kid last week ran for 230 yards against App State um, as a running back. So and he was their number two running back. Yeah. So we'll, you know they they've got a stable of guys, and 
we shall see. But the defense, for sure, uh, this this you know when you think about it, this, I, I, in fact, last night I was going back on the schedules. You know, the Big Ten West over the years, part of why Minnesota's defense has been good is it's just good. There's, I mean, they just are well coached. They're in the right place at the right time. They're sure tacklers, all that good stuff. They had good defensive uh, pass coverage, all that. But let's face it, there's also a little bit of the gopher offense holds the ball a lot when they're when they're rolling. And two, the Big Ten West, which, you know, Minnesota has six of those games every year, just hasn't been a juggernaut of offenses and quarterbacks. This might be the best year for offense in the Big Ten West in a while. So they'll be tested, but on top of it, the gophers just, they don't play a lot of what I would call this, you know, like what they're going to see this weekend with these just elite quarterback play, high-powered offense and um, you know, a lot of balance. So this will be, you know, a real, real test. And uh, I'm eager to see how, how they, uh, you know, whether they pass, fail, or, you know, what grade they get on the whole thing. Yeah, and, and whether or not May enters the draft, still uncertain. I mean, he's only a redshirt sophomore, so he's got yeah, right. another two years of eligibility beyond this year. But, yeah, ACC Player of the Year, ACC Offensive Player of the Year, first team all of the ACC, Rookie of the Year, Offensive Rookie of the Year. I mean, the list of accolades from his season last year is lengthy, so he is going to be somebody that they're going to certainly have to account for with a big arm and fast legs. Yeah, and there were some, some published reports. The Pittsburgh coach... Uh, Pat Narduzzi made, I guess, some headlines if you're if you're a real diehard college football fan in the summer, because he had caught wind apparently that some of the blue blood programs were sniffing around trying to get Drake May to to uh, transfer. You yeah. know, you get the one time transfer yeah. plus NIL, and I remember, and it's weird because it didn't come from North Carolina; it came from Pat Narduzzi, who you know they're in the same conference. But Pat Narduzzi made some reference to uh, he really respected Drake May because. One, the kids from North Carolina stayed home to play and had offers of six and seven figures to go to some Blue Bloods and said, no, I'm staying at North Carolina. Now, he may be getting six or seven figures from them as well, but um, I don't know. I don't know the situation. Maybe nobody but him really does. But um, I I think that is uh, is kind of an interesting sidebar to the whole thing as well, is that he's, he's from there and probably had some options after that great year you just referenced and, and is still there. Yeah, so good for him, and we like that. I mean, I I think it was, it's fine that players have more freedom and that they are allowed to capitalize on their name, image, and likeness. I don't have a big problem with that. But then for me, a guy like Drake May is doing, uh, like hopefully the Gophers have some guys do over the years, they say, well, all that's well and good. Sure, I could make another $100,000 over here, but I want to stay and play for my home team. That just raises his character level in my mind that I committed here. I'm going to stay here and play. Yeah, I agree, and I think part of what we all like about college athletics is you get to see these young kids come in as freshmen and watch them grow before our eyes, uh, both physically, mentally, and skill-wise, right? And and that's been, over the years, I think, why it's become such a strong brand, college athletics, is that you you do have new people rolling in all the time, so you always get new favorites, but you also have a great opportunity to see these kids grow and we're growing the the fear to me. And I am with you. I, I I think it's good. I don't have an issue with it. And at this point in my life, I'm too old to really worry about any of it, quite frankly, like let whoever shows up and plays is fine with me. I, I do think, I do think there's, um, there is a fee like, 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 yes, it's becoming a little too professional. It's becoming a little too, um, uh, mercenary, in my opinion, mm-hmm. and uh, some of the charm of what we all loved about the tradition of college sports could be wearing off. And I think that's one of the aspects that uh. that um, 
they can turn fans off. Is it okay? Oh, freshman comes in. Oh my gosh, he's great. Bucky Irving, for example, go for running back from a few years ago, yeah. and then um, you know he leaves, goes to Oregon, um, and there, there certainly were NIL implications in that. And it's hard to argue with that. I, I like I like he came from Chicago, not a great area of Chicago, not a great you know high income background. And if all of a sudden there's somebody floating money, I'm not going to blame Bucky Irving for taking that money. Yeah. And he's had a great year. But that's hard for Gopher fans. They went out. They, you know, the coaching staff spotted the guy. They recruited the guy. They groomed the guy. They get him in um, as a freshman. He's really good. And then you lose him. And that's discouraging. And that's not what we've all become accustomed to in college sports. So I think if there's enough of that stuff going on, um, there there is a little bit of the charm of it that uh, that falls off. So I think you're right on that. Yeah. Well, uh, so North Carolina coming up on Saturday. Grimmer will be down there. Uh, you're going to get a chance to taste some North Carolina barbecue maybe when you're there. Yeah, we have reservations at a place tomorrow night in Durham. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got, I think, a crew of about 10, the radio crew and some of the communication staff and uh, a couple of friends of uh, some other. Uh, you know, I have no friends, so I, you know, <laughs> it, it's great. But I think there's some friends from uh, from uh, I, I don't remember Daryl or Gargi or somebody's got some friends from down there that are going to be there as well, and we're going to meet. And then I've never been to. I mean, I've been to North Carolina a few times, but never to Chapel Hill. These two teams have never played against each other in football. Think about all the years yeah. they both played football. It's really bizarre to me. You'd think that somewhere, even in a bowl game or something, they would have been locked up, but they haven't. And so I've heard it's a beautiful campus. Obviously, just a, um, in terms of public institutions, it's, it, it's one of the top handful in the country when you combine athletic success and real, true, meaningful academics. It's a hard school to get into. It's got high-level research, all that stuff. Um, so I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, to going and, and uh, calling the game. Hopefully, the Gophers win it, but uh, seeing the uh, the campus and everything else, so I'm, I'm excited about the trip. Twelve thirty, the pregame. Two thirty, kickoff. Central Time. Grimmer, is that correct? You got it. You got it. You hit it right on the head. That, that's it. And we'll um, we'll be uh, kicking it off at two thirty. You got it. Mike Grimm, Daryl Thompson on the call for us on Saturday afternoon. The Gophers down at North Carolina. Grimmer, we'll look forward to the call. All right, sounds good. Thanks, Todd. Mike Grimm, voice of the Golden Gophers on the Todd and Friends podcast. It's brought to you by Heritage Bank, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Watch for future episodes of the Todd and Friends podcast at kwlm.com or on the air here at KWLM, 1340 AM and 96.3 FM.